Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is the London is Blue podcast. All things Chelsea. Keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. We are back, Chelsea fans, with another episode of the London is Blue podcast. We're talking about midweek Champions League action. How excited are you guys that we are, you know, burning the candle at both ends making this happen especially nick huge effort on your part mr birthday boy this is correct i've entered into my 30s uh i know that everyone's shocked that i made it this far however uh you are only as old as uh, as your perspective and my perspective is still young so we're, we're getting after it on a wednesday evening about nine o'clock central time yeah, I mean, you mentioned burning the candle. I mean, Nick was probably blowing out a few more candles today than he was burning them. I will say I have to give credit to my work um, work uh, coworkers because they put together a pretty amazing card for me in which they photoshopped my face onto. They took a, a picture of the Chelsea players on the plane heading to Atletico and photoshopped my face on all of the players' faces. Um, so I, I got a kick out of that today. So yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really solid day. The only other thing I would say, Nick is that you definitely don't look as old as or Diego Costa. Yeah, and Diego I think does. He's like 45. Yeah, yeah he, he has a couple of years on me, I think, uh, even though it says he's 28. I think think uh, Chelsea got a steal selling him uh, at the ripe age of 45. So that's good. And Mishi kind of making a joke about that on Instagram after uh, the game. Him, Torres, Mishy. and Costa. By the way, how does Torres still look so young? He, uh, the dude does not age at all. I don't it's, understand it's it. It's wonderful Spanish summers, Nicholas. God, I, well, it sounds like that's what I need in my old age now to, to move to a sunny beach, uh, retire. Costa both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, am I the cost of this podcast? Is that what's happening? Nobody said that. And in wow. before the silence, the boys, the silence continue. God, uh, ridiculous. We, we did have some iTunes reviews. Again, this is our time to give you all a shout out for helping us out. It's only fair. Uh, this week we had I'm Rick James Bitch and Midwest yeah. Blues, both five stars. We, we can appreciate that. I'm Rick James Bitch. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. Nice. Uh, no new Patreon people, uh, but we do want to give a special shout out to Shane, Dan. Didn't he talk about going above and beyond? Uh, yeah, Shane is a Patreon supporter. Uh, you can go to that at patreon.com forward slash London is blue. And uh, he talked about how he, to us on Twitter, about how he was watching the math, uh, the match today. And uh, he let us know he's a math professor. And from 2, two o'clock to 3.15, his students were presenting proofs on the board. And he was observing them in the back while taking in the match. And, you know, I'm not a professor, but I think that's an A-plus effort. I would I would grade him as an A. I think that is tremendous multitasking. And they say that men can't do that. Well done. Unfortunately, on the other end, Carlos Swan on Instagram didn't plan nearly as well. He commented saying, all I have to say is I hate being in the office and not able to scream my head off. Obviously talking about the goals. Hey, Carlos, man, we've been telling you for weeks, for years. You got to plan the sick time ahead. That's that's how the pros do it. Yeah, I actually went a little bit above and beyond this time and actually got sick today. So that <laughs> that was kind of a bummer, but it does serve me right uh, for for all the times uh, having maybe exaggerated <laughs> cough on the podcast. Finally coming up clutch. All right. Well, real quick, uh, you know, as you guys know, we are heading to London in December. So we want to give a real quick shout out on XL Tours, who is sponsoring that for us. Uh, Nick. December trip, my man, right? It's coming up soon. Right. And, you know, we, we told you guys about the um, bo- both trips on our last podcast. Uh, we really want to highlight the December trip on this pod because the deadline uh, to register is a little bit quicker than the March trip. So uh, go on over to London is blue uh, You'll see it right on the on the homepage. Click in for all of the information. Uh, this is going to be, Dan, just an incredible experience uh, in lieu of the the huge win today, getting to see Atleti come back to the bridge in the return fixture and also get to see Rafa return to the bridge with Newcastle earlier in the week. Yeah. Great, great managerial matchups and, and great times with, uh, you know, obviously the London's blue crew and, and some of the friends and people and faces or voices that you've heard on the show, um, will be there as well. So we, uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing you on London around that time. Seriously, like the atmosphere and how hyped I was sitting at my desk watching these Champions League games. It is going to be nuts taking that in in person at Stanford Bridge. But, uh, you know, I don't want to drag on too much about how amazing that's going to be. Either you're in or you're not. So with that being said, Atletico Madrid Champions League match review. Now, this was the first home match for Atletico Madrid in their brand new stadium, the Wanda Metropolitano. All right. Obviously, the game was nice. tonight on Wednesday. Blues 2, Roji Blancos 1. Pretty excited about that. But, Nick, we did have some correct predictions. We've been throwing out these prediction, you know, asks on social media. We had we had quite a few nail it, though. It's kind of an odd, like a very popular scoreline, though, don't you think? Yeah, two one, and and these folks got bailed out in the la- in the with literally the last kick of the game to get their correction or, or prediction correct. If I could speak today, uh, Jeremy, Stephen, Hot Future, Lyrics, Cole, First Hipster, Chelsea, Singapore, and Deets. Well done, you guys are all winners in my book, in all of our books. And Dan, lineup time. Um, pretty exciting going into this one, right? Three five two was the lineup, and. More rotation, more surprises, more presence from Antonio Conte. Yeah, you know, we had a chance to see En Hazard and Alvaro Morata up top, uh, kind of more like a 1-1 because you know, Hazard had that nice little flea for, uh, flea, free-floating roll. Then you saw a little bit of a Victor Moses, Marcus Alonso, Bakayoko, Conte, Fabregas, midfield dynamo action Packed, you know, it was like a summer movie slam. Like it just, it was hit, 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 hit. That was fantastic. And then you saw Gary Cahill, Cesar Aspilicueta, and David Luis obviously suspended the Premier League, so you knew he was going to get some minutes this week in the Champions League. Courtois between the sticks, and then we saw a uh, you know a substitute bench involving uh, Pedro, Willie C, Antonio Rudiger, Zapacosta, Mishi, William, and Christensen. Locked and loaded, Nick. Uh, super, super strong 
team. And then obviously see the bench as well. I mean, we, we, Tonight was a big opportunity to show the rest of Europe what Chelsea's ambitions and quality is going to be this season. And I think it was a fantastic statement by the players out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll dive into this, but I mean, just a phenomenal attitude, phenomenal game plan, effort all around the pitch. Uh, just uh, could not be more proud of this team. You know, we talked on on Sunday's podcast all the way uh three days ago if you can remember all the way back then uh it's a long time nick you're asking a lot i know i i'm a i'm a goldfish so i can barely remember this stuff but uh joe tweeds and i both agreed that it was uh this would be a litmus test for for this chelsea squad you know first real big match in europe and in some time you know no offense to carabag but they're not atletico madrid um and and this was a chance for this kind of core lineup you know Really, Gary Cahill might have been the only surprise, uh, to be completely honest, to show what they're made of. And I think they came out and put on a display that I was so proud of, Brandon. This match was so tight. 50-50 on possession. Both teams had four shots on goal. Atletico with 12 total to Chelsea's 18. We'll dig into that a little bit more. But, I mean, this match was... It might, have, it might as well have been on neutral ground, I feel like. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the goals. My favorite part, Dan, I'm going to give you the first one so you can end on the high note. So 40th minute, Griezmann from the penalty spot. No, no. This is when uh, Juan Fran uh, pulled Marcus Alonso to the ground yep. uh, with a kick into the box. And yep. the referee immediately whistled, ran over, pointed to the spot. Hazard walks up. And actually, I think that's when I woke up from my nap. Yep. Uh, I kind of fell asleep for a moment, didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and then realized <laughs> uh, I was watching a match in my eyelids, and it uh, turns out that uh, David Luiz is uh, playing a little bit of, uh, you know, doctor and pulling the shirt off a moment, and uh, gets caught, and a penalty is awarded. Uh, yeah, we can get into more about the, yeah. There's more than enough writing on the wall about the terrible officiating across the board. Uh, this just was a lack of consistency. It was definitely a, a stupid, lazy challenge from Louise. And then uh, Griezmann, who had been absent from uh, the majority of the match, had uh, found a way to contribute to his side, sends Courtois the wrong way, and just buries it in the back of the net like uh, pretty much everyone expected he would in that type of moment. Well, we... Rolled into halftime, but I mean, at this point, Conte's got to be telling the players like we're in this. Morata had a couple headers, even a couple shots in the first half. Like the chances were there. We just hadn't finished one yet. And sure enough, Nick, 60th minute. What do we have? Maybe a new partnership, right? Everyone has wanted to see how Hazard and Morata were going to do. Wham, we got a goal. We got the equalizer. And and this was this was something special, a nice crossfield ball that Hazard just you know gently touches down to himself, uh, puts in a phenomenal kind of quick cross, had a lot of pace on it. All Marat has to do is have his beautiful Spanish forehead uh, glance the ball into the back of the net. We're level on on ones, and and frankly, you know Chelsea regain a ton of momentum in this match um, after halftime that they had pretty much dominated to this point, and and it was just a phenomenal moment. Morata goes again; uh, it's been phenomenal this season for Chelsea. Seven goals already. I mean, good God, the man's on a mission. But it's even Spain. Like Morata is just when he gets on the pitch, he's locked in and ready to go. I mean. Like, if he were absolutely clinical on everything, he could have had a hat trick for sure. But we'll, yep. we'll, t- we'll take um, and, the one. And there's the other thing that, you know, he also is a you know, Real Madrid byproduct. And so he walked on, uh, as, as pointed out by our friends Simon and Liam uh, and Nazar, to the largest amount of booze from anyone in the Chelsea squad. So for him to go ahead and to get the goal to go level with Madrid, uh, you know, probably felt pretty good oh yeah you're in the zone at that point you're soaking it all up uh but dan 90th minute plus four mishi slots home from an alonzo cross at the death of the match to take all three points on the road in madrid it was awesome 
I mean, I don't know about you, Nick. I've watched this back probably about 40, 50 times. It's almost like a Vine loop, if you remember what Vine was. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Vine. This, yep. this goal was made for Vine. You know, it's it's the the knock forward. It's you know Alonzo playing it. You know into you know Bakayoko, Bakayoko with the craziest flip. Like he uh, saw what Chaloba did last season with his like backward heel to Moses. Is like, oh no, I can do better than that, and basically puts Alonzo on. And and, and the thing that you know, even though. Mishi like just is waiting like no one has marked him at all in the box you also see Moses moving probably faster than any point he's moved down the entire pitch to be there just in case Mishi doesn't get the ball in but Mishi with full presence of mind knocks it in beautiful finish perfect striker moment and, and just brought the house down and we walk away with three points and deservedly so because we were the better team for the majority of that match. So, uh, I, I mean, <sighs> couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I think it, as we're watching it, we're like, okay, you know, we know that there was a foul and we know that the clock, you know, there's probably a couple extra seconds on, on stoppage time, but they were moving the ball so methodically leading up to that kind of final movement. You're like, Get it into the box. Get it into the box. Come on. Do something. And then you're like, oh, my God. Mishi puts this near post. I think this needs to be mentioned. Uh, it puts it near post past Oblak, who is a very good goalkeeper. Uh, could not have been waiting for the ball in a more perfect position to receive it and whack it. Um, so I think, again, we, we made note of it last or two weeks ago against Arsenal when Hazard comes on. It's really tough to make an impact in 20 minutes. It's even harder to make an impact in 10. And so far in his Chelsea career, Mishi has done a phenomenal job of being ready when called upon. And I am so thrilled for him. You know, it's not been an easy year for him so far. So thrilled that he put himself in a position to do the business. And really, this gives us a huge advantage in the group, Brandon. I mean, huge. Mishi has had a way bigger role already this season than he had all of last. And I think that that is giving him a lot more confidence when he comes in that, you know, we're not going to play Hazard up top instead of him. He knows that he's going to get chances and he's taking them so much better, better. And we're talking about the confidence of strikers like he is there. He is clicking and he's so much better. We will touch on how the group stands at the end of this, but I want to keep going because there's some hilarious things come out of this, this goal from Mishi Batshuayi. Uh, you know, first of all, Mid Midwest underscore blue on Twitter saying, I'm pretty sure I remember someone on the podcast saying they couldn't remember uh, a good cross into the box from Alonzo. Well, we got oh, it. Sorry, tweeds. <laughs> tweeds getting called out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got it. And I think that even he'll be happy about it. Uh, on his right foot, by the way. That's on his right, not his left. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my second one, which is even better, was from Dave on Facebook saying that he had to order a pizza for dinner because that he knocked his plate off his lap when Mishi scored, just erupted. Not only that, he probably had to clean up a mess, but I'm sure he's thinking it's well worth the $20 worth for pizza. It. 20 bucks for pizza, man. Like, yeah, your, your pizza has to be like layered with gold. Yeah, oh, Brandon, what kind of what kind of rich man pizza are you eating over there? I thought, I thought you were a man of the people. Yeah, Brandon, we didn't know you were an oligarch. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the first question. <laughs> and Robin rubbing arms together. <laughs> I I wish. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. To be to be fair, so do I. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we finally got to see the three five two in action. But it was on a big European stage, right? Not like a cup match and against someone smaller where we were kind of testing out or late in the game where you throw two strikers on. Uh, how did it go? Like, what did you guys think? Um, you know, we had we had some some tweets about this as well. Obviously, we had the three-man midfield with Fabregas, Conte, Bakioko. This is something that Tweeds was talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, just right off the bat, Nick, 3-5-2 on a huge scene. Thumbs up, thumbs down massive thumbs up uh, I think this is kind of what we saw at the end um, of the last match um, when you when you look at the way that the interchange can work between Hazard and Morata 
man, that, that first half was so much fun to watch. And they didn't even score a goal in the first half. It was just so much fun to see Hazard with his quick turns and able to push up field. Maratza kind of waiting for him to pass on the ball. The backheeled flicks. There's everything for those guys to do. And they were both strong and took a lot of challenges. Uh, both got beat up a little bit today. They were phenomenal. Our midfield, tremendous. You know, I know that Sess didn't have his best passing game, but uh, he did play this kind of deeper role that we haven't seen him play before, which allowed our midfield to creep up and for N'Golo Conte to show off the silky skills. We have that. Pardon me. We have our wingbacks doing the Lord's work on the on the outside. <laughs> we have our defense and Dave in particular marshalling everything overall tremendous jumping in real quick so at cia twin cities my local chapter uh they tweeted asking us to comment on the bizarre world where fabregas stays deep and conte and bakayoko get the freedom to move forward and obviously conte was everywhere i mean he was like a free roamer all night um to me i felt like Conte wanted to push those two guys up so that Atletico kind of had to mark them in a farther advance forward. And then that created a pocket of space for Fabregas to kind of dwell in. And Dan, I think that's why we saw Fabregas a little bit deeper back is because Bakioko and Conte would take like Carrasco and Koke and their other midfielders and kind of push them back to create space. But again, thumbs up, thumbs down on three, five, two, maybe two thumbs up. Oh. Oh, I wish I had like four arms because you'd get all thumbs up. Um, I I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of enjoyable matches in in recent memory as a part of the you know the the Conte era, and this is probably as not as much as if not more enjoyable than the uh, the the five nil to Everton. I think in overall, just pure like footballing enjoyment. Um, I mean, yeah, we conceded a goal. It, it was stupid. Uh, yeah, we probably could have scored more. But, like, just the way the team worked together uh, on, on each one of these goals, you know, it wasn't just one player, you know, in a, mat, in a moment of brilliance, though Morata came really, really close to replicating a Stoke goal at one point. I just, I just think it's, it's exceptional that we have such a versatile squad that is able to adapt between a 3-4-3 to... Uh, three five two and and to do so so effectively and uh, I, I think the one thing that you <laughs> didn't mention about that tweet is someone responded to it was saying that they were trying to figure out and it was a gif of r two d two getting shocked by one of the Jawas and kind of going on the fritz and uh yeah it was it was weird to see, but I actually think Fabregas put in some pretty good defensive shift too like he did not find himself like, you know, he, he was putting runs and he was not allowing himself to get beat uh, too regularly. And uh, thankfully when he did, uh, you know, Golo was there to help out. Yeah, we all know about the deep lying creative player role that we've seen in other teams. Uh, maybe not as much of the Pirlo role, but definitely the intent was to get him space in there. Uh, Sachet on Facebook says, how great was it to steal it right under their nose? And do you think that the formation gives us more stability than the 3-4-3? And I think this is interesting because personally watching this match, I thought Chelsea were in control of the game. They went to Atletico and dictated a lot of the play. There were definitely times in the match that we were on the back foot, 100%. But I would say even with only 50% total possession, that is a ton against a very stacked Atletico team at home. And I thought that the 3-5-2, um, Hazard and um, Alvaro Morata, they were able to link up quite a bit. Hazard, if he didn't want in the middle, would drift out wide. And when he did, they gave him a ton of space to cut in and run at people. It To me, I just thought it gave us a lot of control on the match overall, Nick. That's just something that I feel like is a good word to describe how the team were able to go into Madrid and perform. Well, and that's what Simeone said at the at the uh, post-game press conference as well. And just we were in control. You know, there wasn't panic. You know, they open a new stadium. They have Diego Costa sitting in the stands. They have a world-class defense. They have a, you know, top 10 player in the world at striker and and we walked in there 
uh, unabashedly and said, you know, we're going to dictate the game today. Actually, we're going to have <clears throat> my favorite midfield pairing, Bicante. Uh, just run the show, you know. We're going to have Assis-Pilicueta putting in balls all day. We're going to have uh, a wonderful, wonderful hold-up play performance from Alvaro Morata, especially in the first half. And, you know, we're going to see what you guys can do with it. And, you know, even even the guys on, on Sky Sports, including one Sloopy G, uh, said that he hasn't seen any team, Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, any team, uh, tear up the Atleti defense like we did today. And I think that's just a credit to the to the not only the tactics and the formation and all that kind of stuff that we always kind of give Conte credit for, but the the way in which the players went about their business. There there was no uh worry in their face when they took the pitch today. Well that was a shout out from at Toddy underscore ER underscore Pupone saying, has the Bacante come to stay? Nick, you crushed it on that one. Um, I really think uh, Bacante should have like some. It's like, it should be like a salsa flavor because yes. the only thing about it's like Bacante and like <laughs> th- that's where the Photoshop is. It's Bacayoko and Angolo on a bottle of salsa, advertising just how spicy they are. Could they be wearing cowboy hats and and stuff? Because uh, when like, they were wearing sombreros. Uh, I thought Pace was like the, it's like, that's anyway, whatever. This is way beyond the point, but Pace Picante, it's like, they always had the Cowboys on the commercials who were like out by yeah, the campfire. Right. Yeah, whatever. Either way, sombreros are fine. All right. Another one I've got for you, Dan, is I thought, this is again, just my opinion, that Chelsea came to Madrid with an attacking game plan with high press instead of sitting back in a medium to low block looking to counterattack. Do you agree? And what did you think kind of Chelsea's approach in this match was? Uh, Well, Brandon, uh, I'm not going to be a contrarian, uh, and I'm going to agree with your view. Uh, I definitely think we came to attack, and I think it was very evident from the first few minutes when you saw uh, Eden Hazard uh, return to full fitness and just starting to play balls forward. Murata making his runs, uh, you know, in to find the movement. And, and I will say, we, you know, we, there's been a lot of questions about physicality from Murata. And I think this was the match where he said, uh, I, I can play like the size I am. You know, his one kind of uh, throw down almost of Godin was exceptional, where he basically just bounced him off him the way he was fighting for every ball. Um, the way that you know Hazard and him were starting to link up, I, I really think it was about pushing them back. And, and you made the point too, with Bakayoko and Conte pushing further forward, really pinned back a couple of their players, allowing you know our kind of back three to continue to push forward. You know, Louise was, you know, frequently finding his way, you know, into midfield across the halfway mark, pushing the ball forward. And I mean, I I just, I really, again, it was probably one of the best matches that we've seen under Conte, um, maybe outside of Everton. Like I, I just, I, I, I can't be anything other than super excited with the way we played because, you know, we have put ourselves on the map again as European strength. You know, we, we got our match against Karabag and, you know, every group, you know, that a European, you know, in, in Europe has a, British side that's playing some low-level competition right now comparatively. So when you see United win, you know, and they're bragging about winning 4 nothing, uh, to win 2-1 at Atletico Madrid is the strongest performance of a British side in Europe currently in the this most recent memory. It was a statement. It was a statement, Brandon. That's all it was. It was, it was a statement of intent for Morata and for the team to say, we're not being bullied by you. You know, tough tackling Diego Simeone-led Atletico Madrid in your brand new stadium. We're not going to be pinned back by you and just play a simple counterattacking game like you know we can and that we're very effective at. But we have a lot more layers to this thing. And Hazard and Morata together, good God, good luck with that. Any defense? Well, I've got good news. Uh, United actually did give up a goal, so they lost 4-1. Um, you know, maybe another surprising result was PSG at home, 3 nothing over Bayern. Um, Bayern's slipping a little bit. And then Barca only winning one nothing against Sporting. 
on the road. And I, ironically, the, that was an own goal. So, um, you know, I think a lot of teams are looking at PSG Bayern as like the big matchup today. I haven't watched the highlights, but I'm going to guess that Chelsea was probably a lot more of an exciting match, even to the neutral. Now, talking about Morata, he did really well with the physicality today, but I know Atletico Madrid is probably one of the more physical Spanish sides. We have City this weekend. It'll be really interesting to see how he deals with like an Otamendi and Stones and company and guys of that stature. And if he can still hold up um, or then if not, we're going to find out that there is a true significant physical difference between La Liga and Premier League. Uh, But again, take nothing away from Morata today. Him as the lone striker was way more connected today than what we saw against Arsenal. I mean, this is like night and day. And I don't know if that's because of a lot of what Hazard was able to offer, but the man was back in Madrid for the first time and clearly had a point to prove. And it was fantastic watching him and Hazard both coming out with points to prove. Hazard saying, hey, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Here's me at my best from the beginning. It honestly was, it was brilliant to watch. I absolutely loved it. Talk about fitness, right? So, so Nick, we've talked about fitness in Conte teams today. Like, I can't remember, I can't even count how many times that Atletico would send a long ball up to Griezmann or whoever up there. And it was actually our defenders who would delay until Bakayoko or Conte tackled all the way back into their back line. And I think today was a really, really strong showing, especially having played this last weekend, of just how high of a level of fitness that these guys have. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we were a little bit worried maybe about Bakayoko playing all these matches in a row. It, he didn't look bothered today. Um, he looked uh, well in form. And Golo Conte was absolutely everywhere. I mean, absolutely everywhere. His heat map had to just be the whole damn pitch. I mean, it, the whole thing was ridiculous. And what I liked about that plan that you just mentioned, waiting for them to kind of help, is it didn't put, you know, particularly Cahill, but didn't put any of our defenders in any one-on-one situations with Griezmann very often, um, which I think was really important. You know, there was always help. There was always cover. And allowing those two studs to come back and tackle, along with, and I must say this, Cesc Fab- Fabregas having a, a really solid defensive game, uh, that made it really hard for Atleti to uh, get anything going offensively, and that's a huge deal. Well, and, and uh, what I really like too is when you think about that fitness. You know, it also allowed us to to wait until much later in the match to kind of make substitutions. You know, and then when we did make substitutions, like Christensen coming in, pushing Louise further forward, um, you know, getting a chance to put uh, Mishi and Willian on for Murata and Hazard. Um, you know. It's, it's not often that you can tick all the boxes and say, you know, you got it right, you got it right, you got it right. But, you know, we'll, we'll praise, you know, Conte when he gets it right and we'll, you know, be unhappy when, when it doesn't pan out appropriately. And uh, much like, hopefully, uh, the students in Shane's math class today with their proofs in the board, uh, you know, Conte gets an A-plus for his management of that game. Like, I just, you know... 10 like he he nailed it perfectly with bringing on those subs at the right time the fitness of the squad and, and pulling out you know the one of the his biggest wins uh for chelsea ever it's almost like the club board at the beginning of the season were like conte here's your performance review we know you had a strong last year but we think that you have a lot more to give so we're gonna push you to do better this year and they like didn't give him as much as he wanted because they're like, trust us. We see your potential. We know you can do better. And like this today was his response to that. I mean, they were impact subs. They both had a play in the goal and the build up to everything. And like you said, Dan, I mean, honestly, this is like a 10 out of 10 for Antonio Conte today. It was fantastic. Um, Eric asked via email uh, about William playing where Fabregas was, almost like that creative playmaker. Uh, Nick, I know you might have some reservations about that, um, but how do you think he could do, you know, he's more energetic, covers more space. I mean, can you imagine how much, like, coverage we would have in our midfield with William, Conte, and Bakayoko? 
Yeah, so in this scenario, he would essentially be playing that, yeah, that kind of forward role in the three. Um, I, I don't have any reservations about it, really. I think that he's much better suited to that role than maybe Pedro is. I just worry about his range of passing uh, more than anything because I feel like uh, what Sesk is capable of from a passing standpoint and what William is are, are just two different things. Uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing, especially as we look to, you know, maybe switch it up. Uh, during these like crazy eight match months that we have going on in the fall. Uh, but yeah, it's a decent thought for sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and kind of uh, push the last question out to just pros and cons for Conte and Bakayoko. And by pros and cons, I mean, tweet us a con because I have no idea. So we're just going to open it up, Dan, to a ton of pros. Well, I think our, our boy Reed tossed up a question on Twitter and he asked who he should love more, Conte or Bakayoko. Uh, so this is the, the love line part of uh, London's Boot Podcast this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we talk about that midfield pairing that Ooh. is oh, so perfect. Sexy voice. You love watching them play together. Mm. You want to see them take that field. Push that ball. I might jump in right about now. Um, All right. You know, All I, right. I well, think, Nick, you obviously have Bacante. They've got a new song. They're French. They're opposite. I mean, honestly, they're just, it literally is like the perfect pair for everything you could want to come up with from like a creative aspect and on-field chemistry. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Judd Apatow to come out with the uh, the movie, essentially chronicling kind of the the small tall combo that is uh, N'Golo Kante and and Bakayoko. But uh, I think today what you saw, if I had to use one word, we used to do that show or that uh, that segment on the show uh, would be resolute. They were absolutely resolute. They did not let anything through. We controlled the midfield. Atleti couldn't touch him, and Bakayoko's strength is so impressive. However, I would say that he was one up today by N'Golo Conte's footwork. Uh, N'Golo Conte was all over the place. There is one clip where he literally uh, just techers the hell out of three Atleti defenders and eventually gets pushed out of bounds, but just embarrassed him. And so for those who were wondering, is N'Golo Conte just kind of a donkey? Is he going to be able to cut it in Europe's greatest competition? Uh, the answer is hell yes. He's really, really good. And I fear for the teams who have to play him because he's impossible. He would be, Dan, he would be the worst player to go up against in our in our squad. Yeah, you know, I think we, we made mention as we were chatting through the game that, uh, you know, for those waiting for Angola Conte to be exposed, uh, Brandon made the point. He's like, well, he got exposed as being way better than people thought. And that... Uh, that summed it up pretty perfectly for me. That's right. I'm going to take your negativity and turn it into positivity. That's what I do. Boo. All right. True or false? Just just hear me out here. We got it from Twitter. Can we make a push for the Champions League with our current team after tonight's performance? All right. That's what we got from God Pickin on Twitter and Mo underscore Ali 2001 on Instagram saying, Happy birthday, Nick. And how far do you think we can go in the Champions League? Uh, Dan, what do you think the range of this team is, keeping in mind the most improbable thing ever that happened in Munich? Oh, gosh, you're going to tee it up with that. Um, I mean, I, I think the quarters are super reachable. You know, when you have Barcelona winning on an own goal, um. I I, I don't know. I I'm feeling this team makes the semis. Like I I really do. It, it's it's all about injuries, guys. It is literally all about injuries. If we play this team, this collective eleven to fourteen individuals, we can compete with most teams in Europe. You know, I think outside of. Real Madrid, there aren't any real standouts right now. PSG might be, but, you know, the defense is a little shaky. With this team healthy, I mean, I think even PSG might have a hard time breaking them down. Well, okay, okay, so to so remove injury from the equation, how far do they go? Uh, I think I, I'm going to stick with quarters for right now because I, I I hate to be the knee-jerk guy who's like, hey, we, we beat a really good athletic side, but... 
uh, you know, this this is the hardest competition in the world and, and stuff happens along the way. Tough draws happen along the way. Um, I'm sticking with the quarters and I, I hope to be proven wrong uh, over and over and over again. You know, Atletico Madrid have been so fantastic in the Champions League the last few years. And so to me, like being able to put up this kind of performance again, it's only one leg. There is a return leg quick plug you can come watch that return leg with us in london um and and i think that that is a huge uh kind of statement in my sense i am honestly beaming with confidence i'm like bring it on anyone but real madrid right now i'm ready maybe psg i don't know but like Bayern slipping up juve is doing enough in, you know in europe uh barcelona they're iffy uh dortmund are even struggling right now and so the way i look at it is to me um obviously there's so much chance it goes into this but guys like this was a huge statement match like we said earlier and uh i just think that you know that chelsea can go you know obviously as far as the semifinals i feel like because i think that they're one of the top four teams in this competition at this point it is still early it's only game week two but tweet at us email us let us know how far you think this Chelsea team, as it stands, can make it in this competition. With that, but but Brandon, but, but Brandon, Manchester United scored four goals today against some team from Russia. Aren't they really good? He says sarcastically because they're they're okay. I just and like that you narrated it. Uh, your internal thoughts. Yep. Anywho, that's what I got. Yeah. No worries. Not. Super impressed. I still don't think United's really played anyone, but hey, this isn't a United podcast. I'll save that for another rant. Uh, but guys, any other additional thoughts or comments you want to touch on before we wrap this up with uh, the man of the match poll and standings? Dan, anything? Uh, I think uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I actually really like uh, Simeone. I think he's done exceptional work with Madrid. And, you know, I think when you can pop out into a press conference, take it on the chin and admit that your team was not the best team on the pitch uh, is, is a hard thing for, you know, proud people to do. And, uh, you know, all credit to him. And I, I think Madrid will, will still find a way to make it out of the group with us. So credit to them. Yeah. Arsenal are way too soft to have Simeone at the helm. He would break their entire squad. Uh, he would break their fan base. Could you imagine him? Like he he would go out to a shooting of Arsenal fan TV. He would take Robbie and do the Bane on Batman approach to him. How safe do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Nick, what about you? Any other thoughts? Uh, I will say Marcus Alonso redeemed himself uh, at the end of the match. I, I don't think that he had a, an overall tremendous uh, match I think he showed a lot of effort but uh, there were times where he was flopping around couldn't get a call because he had flopped around earlier mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of a mess for him again and, and I hope that he starts to kind of regain some of the early season form that we saw all right nice uh, man of the match poll uh, second and third place was tight in case anyone is interested in that but Dan what were our options uh, you know, we, we had Dave with 2%. We had Conte with 20 uh, Hakuna Murata with 23%. Hakuna Murata. And then Hazard with a uh, wonderful uh, fire emoji with 55%. And the prestigious Lonisba Podcast Award for Man of the Match. I mean, that's saying a lot because he didn't even score today. But he was that influential, and I think that people saw that much potential from him, Nick, that everyone is so pumped to have him back fully integrated and fully fit. He was outstanding, uh, back to the, the class player that we know he can be. All right, well, as it stands in our Champions League group, we are on top after two matches played with six points and a massive plus seven goal difference because... Roma, who are in second on four points, only beat Carabag two to one today. So they are at a plus one goal difference. Atletico Madrid in third on one point, negative one goal difference. And no surprise, Carabag in fourth place with no points and a 
big hole to climb out of a negative seven goal difference. So that's how it stands. We are sitting pretty. Uh, I think so far this has been a fantastic week for us as Chelsea fans. So we're going to go ahead and continue in this quick break to talk about the London trip. And then we're going to hit your social media questions. So this time around, right, Dan, we've got some more flexible payment options for people because we know it can be a lot of money, but we want to help everyone out, have the experience of a lifetime. Yeah, you know, we have a diff- couple different options. Uh, one is to get a payment in of $500 due September 25th. Uh, obviously, it's a few days past that, but there's a little bit of a flexible window for that. And then a second payment due of $500 October 25th and the balance due by November 25th. So that way you can kind of piecemeal up a little bit and budget effectively for it because, you know, it can be hard sometimes to, to throw down a bunch of change. But Nick, for getting to see Atletico Madrid at the bridge along with the opportunity to see Newcastle and Rafa return is, uh, is kind of worth it in my mind. Right. And I think what we what we want to help you out with here is just the value of this opportunity. And, and it's two matches at home. It's staying in a four star hotel. It's all the fun extras with um, our, our fan meetup and uh, maybe some sneaky training uh, opportunities, stuff like that, that we can really uh, kind of increase the value of the trip that you know might be able to do a little bit more with us than uh, just going by yourself. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, the payment plan is certainly a helpful option that we didn't have in the spring. And uh, if you if you need anything with that, uh, you know where to find us, email, uh, social media, any platform, just message us and we will be super responsive. All right, here we go. Some social media questions. Janique just busting my chops right off the bat on Facebook asks, how are you guys doing in fantasy so far? I started strong but need to step my game up. Haven't been able to sustain game week one form. Uh, Unfortunately, I have stopped paying attention the last two weeks. I completely apologize. Dan, I'm sure you're right at the top, right? Aren't you always up at the top? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite the, the overstatement there. Um, looking right now, I have uh, 311 combined points, uh, 57 last week. And, uh, that puts me at 1.8 mil on the, uh, the, the player ranking. So, uh, doing, doing fantastic work. Hmm. Well, sounds about par for us. Um, Nick, Zane, another fellow trip goer with us, uh, asks, with the Bakayoko and Kante song in full swing, where does it rank amongst the all of the Chelsea songs and chants? But, but first, I think we need you to sing the chant so we can understand kind of what we're up against. Dan, I have a sore throat. Would you mind stepping in for the, for the song and then I will rank your performance? <laughs> Uh, only because it's your birthday. Thank uh, you, Dan. I, I, I do believe that this is the the third or fourth time I've been roped into doing a chant on the podcast, though. Uh, look, if you if you're good at something, do it do it over and over. Repeat it. Let's go. <laughs> Oi, oi, Timmy Bakayoko. Oi, oi, together with Ngolo. Oi, oi, never gives the ball away. Yeah. Well yeah, done. Is, well yeah, done, Dan. Yeah, just, just, yes. Um, I, I think this is really good. And if you've seen the video clip of the uh, uh, the Chelsea support inside of the stadium singing this and going bananas um, next to the concession stand for some odd reason, probably at halftime, uh, this is a really good song. One, it's positive. Two, it's about our own players. And three, it doesn't mention Spurs. Dan, whatever will chant goers uh, sing if it can't be about something negative about Spurs? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm always a big fan of Double Double, and uh, that that's probably one of my favorite personal favorites because uh, you also get to mention JT, which is you know a plus plus. But th- this is actually a, a really you know all the points you listed, a really fantastic song. All right. Um, the next one we have is do it's from, I'm sorry, on Instagram. All right. Vrew. Apologize. That kind of tripped me up. They Vrew. ask, can we ever expect a Batshuayi and Maratha partnership? Uh, personally, I don't think so. They are both a bit of target forwards. I don't think that they would link up very well. So 
I think you'll mainly see them like for like replacement one or the other, especially having like a Hazard Pedro William next to them to, you know, use pace and creativity. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, Dan, do you think that we could have two big men up top? Only in the the dreams of uh, FIFA 18 players. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, Mishi is actively um, bringing in as many followers as he can to try to rally to improve his rating there. And and, and how and how does Murata have like an eighty pace like that? That just makes no sense to me. This dude is like burning people the past couple of matches. The the point here needs to be that we don't have any depth at striker beyond these two. So the answer is until we get a third striker that we can use, then it makes zero sense to play both of them at the same time. No, that's a good call. Oh, man. All right. Uh, bearded Bard underscore on Instagram says, a happy birthday, Nick. You were getting the love today. The love, man. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So that was his first statement. And B, such an incredible win. Do you see Conte using Fabregas along Bacante more often in tough games like these uh, birthday boy go at it what do you think yeah again it's matchup dependent but yeah you really I think you liked the idea that Fabregas is either a number 10 or that like Pirlo role kind of behind those two uh, is really dangerous so you know I think it's it's very matchup dependent. You, know, you can see another scenario where Drinkwater slots in when he's healthy, but uh, this is this kind of a, this formation and that midfield trio in particular plays to the strengths of each player, and I think that is the well tailored suit that in, uh, Antonio Conte would like to wear. All right. Well, I almost got through an entire podcast without bringing this player uh. up, but unfortunately. <laughs> Since it's Jay on Facebook, I got to show him the love. He is so good about posting the prediction graphics, even if I don't get it to him. And he asked, Dan, do you think Cahill did enough to prove his critics wrong tonight? Jay thought he was immense. And also, am I the only one who thought Alonzo was a bit off his game tonight? Happy birthday, Nick. I mean, come on, people. Yeah. What's up? What's up, Jay? Thank you. So got the love. We touched on Alonzo a little bit, um, but... We got to talk about Captain Cahill. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't avoid it this long. So, Dan, uh, how do you think he played today? Yeah, he he was very protected by the wonderful performances of the midfield and even Cesc Fabregas. And, uh, well, I think he played well. Um, you know, I think there's a reason why Christensen and Rudiger didn't start uh, ahead of uh, a really, really tough match against Man City. I mean, I, I think this match was suited a little bit better for Cahill uh, with the type of protection we had with having a five-man midfield. Yeah, the, there was going to be more support from there. Uh, I think we probably could see the 3-4-3 three, three kind of as we head into the weekend, and yeah, that does leave him a little bit more exposed. So, uh, yeah, good, good performance. Yeah, good. Nick, do you do you echo that on Cahill? Yeah, I do, and I think it was really important to have his leadership there tonight. You know, it's it's a um, a really tough place to play, um, and he is uh, the strongest leader that we have on the team. And you know, I I, th- I thought that Rudiger might play just for his athleticism, but I think Cahill did really well. And you know, yeah, he was protected, but you know, that is part of the point of playing team sports is that you don't always have to play at a hundred percent that your teammates will pick you up. So, uh, yeah, I think he was good. Uh, actually that's not true. According to Neymar, uh, team sport is for him to be the best player and everyone to know it. Oh shit. Okay. Well, uh, scratch what I just said, everybody <laughs> that was wrong. That's my fault. Uh, a million dollars to not take penalties. You went on that Cavani, you know, cash in, man. Life short. I will not. I will not take penalties for a million dollars, Neymar. Just forward that cash to me. Um. All right. Well, you know, since you brought up the third kit, Nick, it's only right that we talk about how World Soccer Shop is offering that bomb third kit from Nike. I mean, that thing. Uh, if it were an emoji, which one would it be? 
It would be fire, oh, Brandon. Okay. It, it would be fire. Uh, honestly, I think the the team looked really good in it tonight. It, it was a solid looking kit, Dan. It has you know very slight accents on it. Not not huge, not flashy, but looked really clean. Yeah, the black, the gray, uh, the kind of uh, turquoise blue uh, accents on it. Eh. Looks sharp, and it looked way better in motion than uh, when you potentially just you know, are scrolling through the website and just trying to decide if you know which kit you want. Nice thing about World Soccer Shop is whether you want the third kit, whether you're a big fan of the primary first team kit, you can get any of them fully customized through WorldSoccerShop.com with the easiest uh, way of use and shipping compared to any other purchase process uh, across the internet. I mean, you can get Dave on the back, or you can even get Bacanti. Please yes. be the first person with Bacante <laughs> on your oh. jersey. Send us a picture. Special shout-outs for days, I promise. Um, but real quick, let's just go ahead and talk about Manchester City as we wrap up this episode. That is Chelsea's next match. Coming up, Premier League action returns. Again, at Stanford Bridge, I mean, we have just spent the entire month of September with just, what, Stoke away, maybe, at home. It's been so, so convenient. Uh, unfortunately, playing all of our hard rival matches at home at the beginning of the season means the return leg in the second half is just going to be that much tougher. So uh, the game will be this coming Saturday. And uh, we got a couple questions uh, from Instagram. T Barnett 33 says, Happy birthday, Nick. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, given up? our performance today and Hazard's form in the match, do we have what it takes to beat City this weekend? What will it require from us? It, it will require great effort and even greater concentration. Um, City, not super strong at the back, but uh, incredibly strong moving forward. Uh, they are lethal, clinical, um, and just overall, a very talented team, maybe the most talented team in the whole Premier League. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne's playing very well. Uh, you know, Leroy Sané is out of control. Sergio Aguero is still playing for that, that squad. He's always a danger. We're going to have to be on our A game. Um, however, our organization and concentration and uh, effectiveness, uh, Dan, can lead to a victory. Yeah, I think the the challenge is this is turned into you know a you know east side of town versus west side of town uh, sharks and jets type of situation. Uh, th- these are squads that the way we've played each other the past few matches uh, has have escalated pretty quickly, uh, and there will be no love lost. Like this is the Game of Thrones uh, season six you know Battle of Bastards moment. Uh, John Snow versus uh, Ramsey Snow kind of moment, Nick. And uh, I think it's going to be crazy, crazy difficult. Yeah, it'll be it'll be tough. Uh, good thing that Luis got himself suspended so that Aguero can't horror tackle him again. Um, so that's good. At least we have that going for us. But yeah, this this will not be pleasant. Um, I will I will throw that out there. It, it should be a tough tackling game. And with the refereeing that's happened uh, in this Premier League season, that makes you just a bit nervous. Uh, D Navarro seven six four on Instagram saying, "Given the effectiveness of the three five two tonight, do you think it would be better to play the same against City this weekend, despite fatigue concerns, or revert back to the three four three for fresher legs?" I think with the fresher legs and the three four three, you can get Pedro and William in there. Maybe give Hazard a break, let him be a super sub in the second half. Um, you know, but I'm not sure because again, we've talked about how many minutes Bakayoko has played Conte. We don't really ever have to worry about his fitness. I don't think, but I don't know. I think it's going to be really, I could see why Conte would switch back to it. But at the same time, this was such like a sturdy performance in the three, five, two, it just might be enough. And especially if that's what city have been lining up in. Do you, you don't want to lose the midfield and a two man midfield versus a three or four man midfield, depending on how city would run it. That would be a huge mountain to climb because the last thing you want to do is give city uh, time and space on the ball. Both of us in the last five matches have won four, drawn one. Um, and right now, guys, this is nuts. Nick, you're talking about it. City are averaging three and a half goals a match. Chelsea, though, are averaging two. Uh, 
Uh, and they're only averaging 0.33 goals conceded to Chelsea's 0.83. Now, with that being said, Chelsea have played uh, Spurs and Arsenal, which, you know, Arsenal iffy. Man City have played Liverpool, who had a man sent off, and then the game blew wide open. And that's about it, right? Like Everton, Bournemouth, Watford, Crystal Palace, Dan, those teams are not anywhere near the top or where they should be with Everton and how much money they've spent. So this is really going to be City's first big test as long as we can keep all 11 players on the field. Yeah, I think the first biggest test, as I'm looking right now, Nick, uh, Craig Pawson, assigned referee. You're shitting me. Yeah, yeah, just, I'm kidding. Yeah, we got. Martin I was Atkinson. like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" God, he could, he couldn't even referee Burnley. How's he going to see Aguero's studs up challenges? That would be ridiculous. God, that's that's funny. Well played, Dan. Uh, no, but I, I definitely think that uh, you know we we definitely played some some pretty strong sides. I think comparatively, you know, I think Watford, uh, you know, for for all the kind of work that's being done there, uh, should be an easier match. You know, they they did struggle away to Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth played them really really well. Uh, they probably should have been a draw, but you know that's neither here nor there. And you know we we look in fine form, and and Murata is scoring goals now. Hazard's back, like. As much as I think it's going to be a difficult game, I do think we can get a result at home here. Like I, I do believe that a, a victory is an option for this side. It would be a great result because that would put Chelsea level on points with Manchester City and you know potentially United if they were to somehow lose as well. So we're in third, City are in first. They have a huge goal difference. Um, but this is one of those games, if you want to win the Premier League title, this is a game you win at home because it is way more difficult to beat this team uh, on the road at the Etihad Stadium. So um, anything else you want to chip in on this, Nick, before we go ahead and wrap up this Super Wednesday pod? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you're, you're probably going to see Rudiger come back into the squad. I think that his physicality and speed is going to be necessary against uh, this lovely um, Manchester City outfit. And, uh, you know, I think if David Luiz was eligible for this match, it, this would be a match where you might put him in midfield again um, with with Conte and, and Bakayoko or Bacante as they're affectionately known on the show. I think uh, if he was available, that would be what I would do. Um, but uh, we'll see if, if Sesk has the legs. If he doesn't, I see probably reverting back to a 3-4-3 with, with Pedro William coming in and, and providing width. Dan, are we going to see Zappa Costa again? You know, classically a more defensive outside back than Moses? Uh, you could see him. Uh, I mean, you know, luckily Conte is not one to rotate. Uh, I think it would really be dependent upon the, the fitness levels of Moses and or Marcus Alonso to determine if that was going to happen. I just don't feel as if it's the right match to make that type of change. So, uh if we see him, it's as a substitute, not as a starter. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, it'll be it'll be really exciting. The kind of good news about this, Nick and Dan, is that we can throw everything at it because immediately after this match is another dreaded FIFA international break. But that's almost a good thing as well. So it's like you, you're not going to have to turn around and play midweek game. Some players will obviously go off on international duty, but I think their managers will take into account how many minutes these Chelsea players have uh, have put on the legs recently. So I think with that being said, guys, we should go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, any final thoughts, uh, maybe even stemming back from last week into where we're at? We said this is going to be a huge week for Chelsea and Hull, and we're two out of three matches down, Nick. Yeah, if, if we pull off the hat trick here, um, I think, again, we, it's, it's all about intent. It's about showing you know, kind of where we are. It's about... Sh- you know, showing that we're still the, the champions and until someone knocks us off, that that's where we want to remain. Um, and yeah, if we if we get this third one, you know, I love beating Manchester City. So if, especially if we get it in, in that order, that's a really, really solid week. Stoke away, historically tough. Atletico Madrid away, historically tough. Manchester City at home, historically tough. And uh, yeah, you would you would love to see it, Dan. 
Yeah, you know, I think to to sum up first, uh, happy birthday to Nick again. Um, Thank you. Oh, you wonderful. too. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Oh, well, we we put a picture up of of you on Instagram that gets a hundred and fifty thousand likes and, and a, <laughs> a few happy birthdays on the show gets you all riled up there, Brandon. Come uh, on, I'm man. just teasing. He, he's worrying about having to go back and edit all of them out for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> And that would be in one hour, one minute, 58 second mark. Great. Check that off. It's been ticking them all off. No, I, I just think uh, happy birthday, Nick. And, uh, you know, again, a phenomenal week. And uh, just a, a good reminder of uh, how great it is to be a, a Chelsea fan, Chelsea supporter. You know, we're rooting for the, the best side. The, we're winning, which always makes it even sweeter and helps you remember that, you know, when you when you lose, there's lows. And when you're highs, you should enjoy them. So, uh, so get out after listening to this pod and uh, enjoy it. Absolutely. I would love, love to get three points against City, maybe even a draw just to like cement Chelsea back into the title race. Again, it has not been that long ago since we lost to Burnley opening day and everyone wrote us off. And we know with Conte's team, they're so resilient and the fight is strong within. And man, I just screw the Manchester teams. Chelsea, we're in this. We're ready to compete on all fronts. Maybe we did have a good summer transfer window. We just didn't know it. But hey, as it stands, nothing but smiles from us Chelsea fans. So with that being said, everyone, until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the London is Blue podcast covering everything related to Chelsea FC. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to submit your questions. And if you like this episode, a five-star review in the iTunes store would help other Chelsea fans find us. 